You're listening to Ari Snapshots, where each fortnight we chat about the science behind the weeds and decode some of the trickier concepts which crop up. Welcome to the last Ari Snapshots for 2021. What a year it's been. In this episode, we're catching up with Ari Director Hugh Becky to go over the highlights from Ari this year. And we'll also get an update on what the plans are for Ari in 2022. Hugh does join me now. How are you going, Hugh? Good. Thanks, Jess. Great to have you on the podcast. The last one for the year. Uh, let's start off with your highlight for the year. What's your highlight been so far, Hugh? I guess I would have to say the Crop Protection Forum hosted this year by CCDM in conjunction with Ari and Caesar, which was held in Tasmania last month. Besides having the opportunity to escape WA for a brief trip to a beautiful lush green island, (laughs) it was great to meet and interact with the local agronomists, consultants and growers to find out their most pressing ag-related issues, particularly weed resistance. Yeah, that was great. I got to go to that as well. It was my first time to Tasmania, actually, and I, you know, am so used to just seeing wheat and barley crops and canola crops in WA. And so when we uh, went there, we saw crops like carrots and yeah, that's right, pyrethrum. Very interesting. But we are going to go over some of the most popular, I guess, uh, yeah, extension that we've done this year. Our most popular Ari insight this year so far is on Roberto Busi's work on herbicide mixes. It's called mixtures rock next level resistance testing tells a big story and for all those things that i'll mention today i will put it in our show notes so you can go and read and make them even more popular but Hugh, why, why do you think this one was so popular i think it was so popular because it's so relevant to what growers are thinking of in terms of solutions for managing their resistant weed populations particularly ryegrass and it's quite novel from a herbicide management perspective It's gratifying for me to see increasing adoption of this recommended herbicide practice. I had published a paper in 2009 describing a field study that showed for the first time that mixtures were superior to rotations in terms of proactive management of resistance evolution. However, we had known that for some time from the field of insecticide resistance. So that field study was based on computer modeling with the same conclusion published by Steve Powell's and co-authors in 1997. What is fascinating about Roberto's work on herbicide mixtures is that populations that are well controlled by some mixes often survive the mixing partner when applied standalone. He found that applied to both pre-emergence and post-emergence herbicides. We're not sure of the exact reasons for this enhanced efficacy, but the results speak for themselves. Yeah, that's really interesting, Hugh. Thanks for that insight. And a close second was the article, A New Glyphosate Resistance Mechanism with Similarities to Cancer Drug Resistance. So that's the title of that one there. And this RE insight was on the work from former visiting PhD scholar Lang Pan and RE researcher Chin Yu. This work was published in the prestigious PNAS journal and featured results including the discovery of a new world-first glyphosate resistance mechanism and the resistant mechanism was found to be the same as the way cancer patients develop multi-drug resistant cancer. So this was quite groundbreaking, very exciting for Ari. Can you tell us a little bit more about the significance of this paper, Hugh? Sure. Uh, Specialists treating cancer patients have long known that some cancers can resist certain anti-cancer drugs by rapidly pumping drugs out of tumor cancer cells. 
The the anti-cancer drugs are pumped out before they have their toxic effect on cancer cells. So these cellular pumps are coded for by what we call ABC transporter genes that are present in both animals and plants. The essential roles of these ABC transporter genes in humans are not fully understood, and it's unfortunate that some of them can endow resistance to certain anti-cancer drugs complicating cancer drug therapy. Now, a specific plant ABC transporter has been shown to endow resistance to the herbicide glyphosate in a way similar to those of these ABC transporters that give resistance to anti-cancer drugs in humans. An important weed species, uh, Echinocloa, or onless barnyard grass, growing in the Ord River region of WA, developed resistance to the well-known herbicide glyphosate after several years of recurrent use. So in this world-first report, this weed was shown to resist glyphosate due to this ABC transporter that pumped glyphosate out of the cells before it had its toxic uh, effect. And this is the first time that a plant ABC transporter has been found responsible for herbicide resistance. So the the team led by uh, Dr. Yushin and comprising uh, researchers from ARI at the University of WA, of course, and Hunan Academic Academy of Ag Science in China, uh, definitively established that the ABC transporter gene endows glyphosate resistance by, by expressing this gene in other plants. So they inserted this gene into rice, which made rice able to then pump glyphosate out of the cells and become resistant to glyphosate. And so, you know, with this intriguing similarity of of plant ABC transporter genes and those conferring human cancer resistance to anti-cancer drugs, it just shows you the power of evolution in action and adds to the need for both new, smarter chemicals and for alternative technologies if we are to continue to successfully combat scourges like cancers, weeds, and other pest infestations. Yeah, certainly, Hugh. And it's so interesting. And obviously, articles like that really grab news headlines and, uh, yeah, take the attention and well-deservedly, obviously. But sometimes there's some other research outcomes that might not have that same pizzazz uh, that are equally important. So, Hugh, were there any other research outcomes out of ARI that stood out for you this year that might not have made that list of most read or most listened to that deserve a, a bit of a gong? I would give honorable mention uh, to the outcomes of three other RE studies this year. Uh, number one is the first global report by Yassine Khalil and co-authors of glyphosate resistance in Cape Weed, found in a population here in WA, and that was uh, described in an RE Insight published this past February. So Cape Weed ranks 10th nationally in abundance and is more prevalent in the southern and western regions than the northern region. Although traditionally considered a pasture or environmental weed, it has become a common weed of cropland. It can be troublesome a weed for many farmers because of its high potential for crop yield loss, ease of seed dispersal, and toxicity to livestock. And so the species adds to a growing list of weeds worldwide reported resistance to this most important herbicide. The second honorable mention is a discovery of a plant metabolic gene belonging to the P450 family by Dr. Herping Han and co-authors, also published in RE Insight this past February. So this gene is responsible for cross-resistance in ryegrass to herbicides of at least five herbicide modes of action across seven chemistries. So its identification and isolation is remarkable and is a significant milestone in better understanding the genetic basis of metabolic 
non-target site resistance, which is a major research thrust here at ARI. And finally, <clears throat> my third honorable mention would be to ARI PhD student Nushin Shabazin, examining the potential of LIDAR, so LIDAR starts for light detection and ranging technology, to detect and map weeds later in the growing season at harvest time. So her research is highlighted uh, by Peter Newman in the last issue of ARI Insight. Excellent. Thanks, Hugh, for that. Very interesting work, and all those will be in the show notes for you to check out. In terms of the RE Snapshots podcast, that's another way we get our information about research and things going on related to RE work. Our interview with farmer Daniel Birch has been the most popular so far this year. So Daniel actually attended Roberto Busi's workshop in Dalwallanew on resistance, and he caught up with me to have a chat about how resistance testing had helped in his planning. And so it's a really timely conversation conversation to be mentioning uh, this, Hugh, because uh, obviously, you know, people can be resistance testing at the moment if they so choose. So can you talk to us about why resistance testing is so important and where Roberto was at with his work in this space? Sure. Uh, Since herbicide resistance was first documented in Australia in 1982, weed populations across the country are exhibiting ever-increasing complex herbicide cross and multiple resistance profiles. Therefore, it's increasingly important from a management standpoint to know who your enemy is. Without testing, a grower may apply a herbicide treatment that may not control the target weed population, and that can be a costly mistake. Through resistance testing of seed samples of suspected populations by qualified labs, either here at UWA, run by Roberto, or in South Australia by Peter Butsalis, or in New South Wales by John Broster, growers or agronomists will know where they stand. They will know which herbicides are still effective and which herbicides may be starting to fail or, or indeed have failed. In Canada, I started the first herbicide resistance testing service in the late 1990s because of the clear demand by growers, their agronomists or consultants, and the crop protection industry in general. For the latter group, they wanted to know if a product, if it was a product performance issue or not. From my research perspective at the time, it helped in resistance surveillance by filling in some gaps that resistance surveys just couldn't fill. Because most growers do not routinely do resistance testing, the four WA resistance testing workshops run earlier this year by Roberto and others really raised awareness of the importance of testing and will help to increase the adoption of this important cost-effective practice. Yeah, it certainly will. And you can see people really engaging with this now and it's so exciting. And so, yeah, look forward to the future where it's just common practice for people to get a resistance testing done. Hugh, this is the last catch up we'll have with you until next year. And I just wanted to mention that we have started a new project with the communications team where we catch up with each of our research leads each quarter to get an update on what they're up to in their research area. So you can expect to see more videos direct from the researchers at ARI and you'll get to know them better over time. But today, can you give us a quick overview of what each of the research areas will be focusing on in 2022, Hugh? Sure. So first of all, for herbicide technology, which Roberto Busi is lead, uh, we already highlighted Roberto's work on herbicide mixtures and resistance testing. Besides lab and glasshouse experiments, Roberto and other RE staff have taken their controlled environment studies out into the field uh, for further verification and validation or ground truthing. So all of that will continue in 2022. In conjunction with Dr. Danica Gogan, they're also examining how robust our newer herbicides are in managing weed populations with various cross-resistance profiles 
such as those in Group H, the HPBD inhibitors, uh, Group G, such as Viraxor or Luximax or Overwatch, each with a unique mode of action. Danica is also leading work on understanding how weeds such as ryegrass resist herbicides such as Sakura or Trifluralin through enhanced metabolism. Ari is working closely with Chris Preston's group at the University of Adelaide and vice versa in terms of joint research studies related to understanding herbicide resistance dynamics in key winter and summer weeds. So resistance surveillance is led by Michelle Owen, who has done this now for 20 years, I think. Yeah. So Michelle will be continuing the screening of weed populations for resistance as part of the 2020 National Surveillance Project. So those results are starting to come out and will be widely publicized in 2022, which will give us a much-needed update on how resistance has progressed in each state since the last major survey in 2015. In the area of resistance gene discovery, and Dr. Shin works with uh, Dr. Herping Han on, in this area. So a major focus is on better understanding the genetic and genomic basis of non-target site resistance, such as enhanced metabolism, which is a focus of the RE6 project, uh, to both key pre-emergence and post-emergence herbicides, both old, like trifluralin, and new, like uh, Overwatch. So they're looking at a number of different winter or summer weeds such as ryegrass, wild radish, wild oats, Johnson grass, and barnyard grass. And once those resistance genes are identified, it is important to know how they function and how they are regulated in the target weeds. So they have a lot of work to continue to do. Yeah. I also want to mention, though, that uh, Dr. Candy Taylor joined the RE team in July working on an ARC New Farm linkage-funded project examining 2,4-D resistance dynamics in wild radish, especially from a genomics perspective, which fits well with Candy's expertise. Uh, 2,4-D, as you know, is one of our oldest herbicides, but there's still a lot we don't know from a resistance perspective. And finally, in the weed agronomy program, Mike Ashworth is the lead working with uh, Dr. Yassine Khalil. So Mike and his team are finishing up multi-site and multi-year weed agronomy trials throughout WA, looking at wheat and canola competition factors against two of our most important weeds, ryegrass and wild radish. So these WA trials are linked closely with those conducted in South Australia, led by Dr. Gurjeet Gill. Mike has done extension meetings with a number of stakeholders this year, and that will continue into 2022 as results are continuing to be analyzed. Yassine is in the final year of his postdoc here at ARI, examining how legume pasture phases can be best integrated into annual cropping systems to drive down the weed seed bank. So in closing, Jess, I just wanted to acknowledge Yassine for his weed agronomy research contributions to ARI and the industry as a whole, uh, being a valued collegial member of the ARI team these past three years. And so on behalf of ARI, I wish him all the best in his next career pursuits in 2022. And finally, I want to acknowledge and thank all of ARI's partners and stakeholders especially GRDC's past, present, and continuing investment in and support of ARI as a National Centre of Excellence in Herbicide Resistance. Certainly, Hugh. And yes, Yassine is leaving us. We're really sad to see him go. And and like you said, you said it perfectly. But yeah, we look forward to hearing how his next chapter goes, but we will miss him in the ARI office. But yeah, lots of results to look forward to next year and lots of interesting things happening in 2022 at ARI. So make sure you're following along. But Hugh, thank you so much for joining me on this uh, last podcast of the year. It's been lots of fun. It's always fun doing these reflection type podcasts. So thanks so much. Uh, thank you, uh, Jess. I always enjoy doing it.